everybody. Welcome to Curly Girlies Podcast with Atara and Grace. I am Atara, founder of the Curly Girl Movement, author of the Curly Girly book series, and owner of curlygirly.com. And I'm here today with my awesome co-host, Grace Cross. Hi, Grace. Hi, Atara. And hi, everyone. I'm Grace Cross. I'm the owner of The Baby Spot, the only global parenting magazine. And you can find me at thebabyspot.ca. Atara, what a great guest we have today. Who do we have? Audience, Grace, we are welcoming today Wynn Claybaugh. Wynn is many things. He's an entrepreneur, an author, a philanthropist, the host of his own very popular beauty podcast, and according to CNN's Larry King, one of the best motivational speakers in the country. Well, that's a tall order. As a national speaker for major corporations, Wynn has helped thousands of businesses build their brands and create successful working cultures. Wynn is also the founder, co-owner, and dean of the hair care giant Paul Mitchell's school division. Wynn has received multiple awards for his contribution to the hair industry. In addition, Wynn has been instrumental in creating charitable organizations and programs that have donated over $21 million to those in need. Most importantly, Wynn is the father to a beautiful young girl, Sophia, who happens to be part of our Curly Girly family. Welcome, Wynn. We're so happy to have you here today speaking with us. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me be a part of this. And uh, Atara, kudos to you because... Boy, you're tenacious, girl. You and I have been trying for a very, very long time to make this happen. And I, yes. I, I loved I loved your uh, opening there that you said that Curly Girly is a movement. And I love that because uh, everything should be a movement. Everything should be with purpose. So congratulations to the two of you. Thank you. Thank you. I think that's very well said. Everything should be with movement and everything on that vein should be fluid, right? Like we should have ideas and goals but be open to the fluidity of life and nature, right? And I think we're seeing this now more than ever in what's going on with the corona pandemic. So uh, let's start with that for a minute. You know, I know you're somebody who believes that everything does happen for a reason. So how is that relevant? And how are, how are you teaching Sophia about what's going on now? I, I think that that's just a good mantra. Everything happens for a reason. And I have a feeling that people listening to this right now, at, at one point in their lives, they gave that advice to a friend of theirs, a friend that was going through a difficult decision or a difficult situation. And the response or the advice back to that friend was, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I think now is when we really, really need to, to think about this. There was a popular saying in the 60s that if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Right, right. And I believe that part of the problem right now is that there's so much fear on this planet right now, so much fear. And I, and I want to be part of the solution. I don't want to be the person who is, is spreading more of that fear or creating a, what I like to call a, a Jerry Springer type show through my social media. That's right. not the person that I am. I, I, I want to use my power, my influence to spread hope. That's great. I mean, we're trying to do that also always. So I'm curious, like with a child, I know um, Sophia's your young daughter. So like, what do you tell her when you put her to sleep at night? Does she ask like, you know, daddy, is this going to end? Is this going to end soon? Like, am I going to go back to school? How do you reassure her? Because I think that's on the minds of all of us as parents. You know, I often said that I wish I had more time with my daughter. Well, guess what? I got it. <laughs> you do. Yeah, that's <laughs> <Right>? true. <laughs> and, and it, Silver it's lining. Because, right. Yeah. And so, so the last thing that we all want to do as parents is to complain about the fact that, oh my gosh, how am I going to take this on? Uh, we're homeschooling. I only have one child, and, and I know people who are 
trying to homeschool five kids at home on top of still working, on top of still going to school through distance learning. And so, so it's a lot. Uh, so, so more than ever before, if I'm living in, you know, back to that fear, if I'm living in fear, what kind of message am I going to send on to my daughter? Because her world has been turned upside down as well. And so more than ever before, this happens for a reason. And all of us need to learn the lesson because all experiences come with a lesson. You know, I, I don't believe that, that God or the universe is trying to trip us up right now or trying to screw us up because all lessons come with a with or all experiences come with a lesson and all experiences come with the opportunity for us to to learn to do better we can become better we can become stronger but it's it's a decision that we have to all make today and you better believe if i'm showing up with fear what message am i going to send to my daughter as she goes to bed every single night you know her her world's upside down so you know more than ever before as as parents as leaders and all of us are leaders i could certainly get into that uh, but, but all of us need to really look at this like, okay, what do I need to learn? I want to come out of this stronger, not weaker, not more bitter, not, not, uh, fearful. I want to come out of this pandemic stronger and better than I went in. Such a great attitude. And you talk about these two big powers that rule this universe. And I completely agree with this. There's fear and there's love. And we govern ourselves either with fear or love. Can you talk more about that? Absolutely. And fear, by the way, has many faces. Fear has the face of, of anger. So a lot of people are really angry as they go through this pandemic. And, and I totally understand that. Uh, fear has the face of bad manners. So decent people are now in the grocery store fighting over a roll of toilet paper. Oh, uh, fear, no. Fear has the face of uh, settling for less. So people are, are, they're giving up on their dreams. And what I want to remind people is that this is just a bump in the road. This is not permanent, right? This is just temporary. It's a bump in the road. We have the opportunity to learn a great lesson here. What's the lesson? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. What is the lesson? Because, you know, I heard Ariana Huffington uh, say something that I thought also it stuck with me. She said, we don't want to go back to normal because probably normal before before wasn't so great. And we have to think about that. And I guess the question on everybody's minds who is thinking is, what does that mean for us? Like, what is the lesson? And what should the new normal look like? So what does that mean for you, Wynn? Here, here's the lesson. It's either fear or it's love. And by the way, I was taught to believe that love is a verb, which means action. If you're in a loving relationship with somebody, it's not enough for you to just tell them that you love them. You show them through your action. So if we want to be part of the solution, if we want to come out of this experience better and stronger than, than before, then we need to act in loving ways. And this doesn't come naturally for me because you know I have that list of fear in my head, the list of what I've lost, the list of what's been canceled. And so you know, I rely on my, on my heroes and my mentors and I, I reach out. This doesn't come naturally to me. So I'm going to reach out and I'm going to find a, a different list. I'm going to find a different way to respond with love. And so I, I went to one of my uh, good friends, Facebook page, and she had posted this wonderful list of what has not been canceled. Internet has not been canceled. Kindness has not been canceled. Laughter, laughter has not been canceled. And so I'm always telling people, Hey, if there is not laughter in your home right now with all the people that you're quarantined with, it's your fault. It's your fault because we can ha have that attitude of I am responsible. And, and if you break that down, 
I am response able. I'm able to choose my response to the situation. There's lots of things that we don't have control over. We don't have control over this global pandemic. We have control over keeping ourselves healthy and safe and our communities safe, but we do have control over whether or not the people that we're quarantined with are living in fear right now. We have control over that, and there's something that we can do about that. No, that's really a great lesson. I know, uh, as you said, Sophia's your only uh, child, so how do you occupy an only child, you know, I've got three, so they are fighting, but at least they have each other. <laughs> um, and so there are moments where I look out the window and I see them playing and hanging out and I'm like, this is just wonderful. Um, at least they have each other. So how do you um, occupy an only child? I'm sure there's so many audience members that are only, you know, parents of only children. So tell us about some, some ideas of what they could do. Well, we, we know that our, our kids respond the way we respond. They have the emotions that we have. So more than ever, we need to come from that, that place of solution, that place of, of love and, and, and joy. And so on top of now I'm her uh, science teacher, now I'm yes. her PE teacher, <laughs> which, is a, which is not a position that I ever wanted to have. You know, we, we had made a decision many years ago that we would always hire a tutor to help her with homework because I don't want to have that relationship exactly. with her of, of, of anger every night, you know? And so, so more than ever before, because life is uncertain for our little kids, we need to go overboard to interject the fun and the play and the imagination and, and let things go about keeping a clean house. Let that go. You know, if they, if they want to turn the entire house into a fort, so be it. Because they used to have the opportunity to go to school and with their friends, with their teachers, to use their imagination and have fun. Well, now it's, it's at home right now. So we have to just kind of ease up on those rules and those guidelines and just, we have to create that fun so that they have this world of safety. More than anything, they, they need to feel like they are safe. I like that. I think letting go on some of the rules is a great thing that we all need to learn. I know for myself, that's always hard. I like to have structure. Kids do need structure, but I think what you're saying is they need to have that balance and the freedom that, that they would have had in other areas that they're now no longer permitted to be at. So I think, I think you make a good point. Well, it's, it's the same point, just like we as grown adults, we want to come out of this stronger. We want them to come out stronger as well. We, we don't want them to look back uh, this pandemic and, and think, wow, that was a horrible time. I learned less. I had less fun. I, 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 I ruined my relationship with my parents because they became my, my school teachers. We want them to come out of this thinking, wow, that was an amazing experience that I had with my parents, with my family. I got to connect with my siblings in a way that just was not possible before this pandemic. Right, because there's no running around and there's no taking them to classes. There's just all of this time, which like there, you said- There is time. Right, I, and I, children I've love seen... time, right? That's what they want from us more than anything. They don't want things, they want us. And, and I'm running a company that's, you know, there's, there's crises mode. And so I still have to be responsible for what's happening in my company. Uh, but at the end of the day, guess what? I, I used to spend two hours a day on the road driving her to school and back. Her school is 30 minutes away. Well, that's two hours now that I now have and I can certainly invest that time into a way that creates that safety for my daughter, that, that, that sense of, of feeling safe. They need to feel that they are safe. 
That's amazing. And, and, you know, when I'm hearing you seem to be a person who always governs himself with love, was it always that way with you? Or when did you learn this balance people who govern themselves with fear and people who govern themselves with love? Like, how did that start with you? It, oh, it was never natural. In fact, I don't, I'm 61 years old and I don't mind telling people that uh, to this day, happiness does not come naturally to me. To, to some fair. people, it does come hap naturally to them, but, but to me, it never has. And by the way, that used to really upset me because I used to think, you know, why can't I coast once in a while? Well, I can't. I can't. I know that there are certain things that I have to do every single day just to feel balanced, just to feel happy, just to feel that I'm, I'm a good dad. I know what those things are now. I do them consistently every single day. And now I'm one of the happiest people that I know. Uh -huh. But- I absolutely work it have up. to work on it. Well, you know, it's, it, you never graduate from that. It's not like you wake up one day and say, you know what? I have plenty of happiness. No more. Thank <laughs> you done. very much. Right. <laughs> that, that's right. never going to happen to any right, of us. Right. And so, you know, let's learn the lesson. Let's get the right mentors. Uh, you know, it's, for me, it's not so much what I need to do. And I could spend hours sharing with people the things that I do on a, on a daily basis, everything from my the, the gym and wellness and calling my 93-year-old mother every single day, that's part of my balance. You know, I can't be a good dad if I'm not a good son. So, so that's part of it. But it's also what I don't do. Like, I'm sorry, I, I, I have no idea what the real housewives are up to right now. I could care less what they have to say. They don't inspire me. They're, they're rich, they're beautiful, and they're famous, but they don't, they don't contribute anything to my world that's going to help me be a better dad, a better human being. So you try to stay away from things that are just not adding positivity for you. And that's different, I think, for everyone, correct? Yes, because people, especially now, there's so much bad news right now. Yes. There's so much fear. I get it. You need to be educated. And, yes. and, the, and by the way, the story changes from one day to the next. Absolutely. So we need to be educated to keep ourselves healthy and safe. But I think a lot of people have crossed that line. It's not about being educated anymore. People spend hours on social media just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And bottom line, what you're going to find there is a lot of fear. You know, I like to tell people uh, they, they know more about the Kardashians than they know about the latest research in breast cancer. Exactly. Meaning, where wow. are the conversations that truly matter? Divorce yourself from those conversations that don't matter and engage yourself with, with friends and mentors. Your circle right now, the people that you choose to surround yourself with right now, is so, so important. It is, and I find that we can extend that to our children as well. Oftentimes, owning a global parenting magazine, people say, there's no role models out there for my children. And I say, my goodness, there's so many. It's just the people that you choose to put at the forefront are not the right role models for your children because there are so many great people doing inspiring things out there. You know, like yourself, when you do so much um, for just everybody and you have such a great positive attitude and you have such a successful home life and business life. So you've talked to us about there's three basic human needs. Can you elaborate on what that is? Absolutely. It doesn't matter if you're a boss, it doesn't matter if you're just a parent, and I didn't mean just a parent, you're a parent. All of us have a circle. We, have, we, we all have influence. We have influence over our kids. We have influence over the people that we work with every single day. And if you are the boss, you have employees. It doesn't matter, we all have influence. And there are three basic human needs. 
Our kids need this. Our fellow coworkers need this. Our employees need this. Uh, number one, people need to feel safe. Right. People We're need to feel that. safe. Uh, number two, people feel that they need to belong. Uh, did you know that 60% of people say no one has my back and are half of them are wow. married? Wow, that's tragic. So what, but, but what a great opportunity. I see that as an opportunity. My gosh, if I create a space for people, whether it's at work or in my circle of friends, I create a space where they feel like they're safe with me, that they are part of my family, they belong. My gosh, my, my rewards are, are unlimited. And then the third basic human need is people need to feel that they have a purpose. And the best way that I describe this or I share this with people is you can have two janitors working for the same elementary school, the same job, same salary, same duties, same everything. One has the attitude of these little brats make a mess around here. It's my job to clean it up. And the other janitor has the attitude of I get to create a clean learning environment for the next generation that's going to save this planet. One has a job with a paycheck and the other one has a purpose. So, and I want to back to that question, what do I do now with, with Sophia? Again, there's a lot of bad news out there. So Sophia and I, my little curly girly, <laughs> is really into uh, animal health and rescue. And so she and I did some, some research and you're not going to find Jerry Springer information on my social media. You're going to find good news only. And so we did some research and found out that the local animal shelter here in our, in our community, prior to being quarantined, had over a hundred dogs and over a hundred cats. Oh, now they're down to less than nine dogs and oh. 10 cats. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's great news. So that's the stuff that we have to be spreading. We have to be the people who stand on the rooftops and say, yes, there's bad news, but here's some good news. And by the way, I pulled my daughter into that experience. So she got to do that research, she got to discover that, wow, daddy, good things are happening during this pandemic. Wow, that's great. Yeah, you know, and along the lines of what you said, I had read something that um, for elderly people, one of the um, biggest factors in their mental um, longevity and their just ability to be happy while they live a long life is community. So that when they belong, when they even elderly people, when they feel like they have a community around them, they're able to thrive. So, and I think that's just a lesson, you know, that we learn throughout life. You never stop needing that community of friends. And it doesn't need to be a huge community. It can be, but it doesn't need to be. It could be a few core people that, like you said, when really have your back. And, and that's, um, you're able to find that in different ways now because of um, social media and the internet. There's really different ways to belong that, that we didn't have before. So that's, you know, something Well, we all nice. belong, we belong to different communities. I have my social media commu community, but I have responsibility there. I have my circle of friends community, my family community, my neighborhood. So we all belong to different communities. You know, I, I like what you're saying about the elderly and, and think about what they're going through right now. Oh, it's Senior centers have been completely shut down. And so as much as they require and need uh, visitors, I mean, some of them have been abandoned there by their families and now nobody is allowed to visit. So back to that same question that you had is what can we do right now with our little kids? You know, what if tonight you sat down with your kids and you pulled out some paper and glue and, and you made cards, you know, just made a whole, but Hey kids and educate kids. Hey kids right now, 
old, old people don't have the opportunity to have visitors. And so they really need a love note from you. Let's create five love notes tonight. We're going to drop them off at the senior center tomorrow. And they're going to be so happy. So we're educating them that, wow, I'm, I'm a little kid, but I have power too. I have influence and I can make a difference. I, I love that idea. Thank you for that. I want to talk a little bit about um, Paul Mitchell and you know your role in that company. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I'm sort of glad right now that this uh, podcast is not video because I'm bald and you're, you're <laughs> I know. Wait, I don't get it. He's in the hair industry. He has no hair. <laughs> oh, I know. Okay. I, I, I got to work with Betty White and she just thought that was hilarious and did this whole video uh, making fun of me about it, which of course I love. Oh, no. Oh, I she's like so that. sweet. <laughs> Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I actually opened up my first salon 38 years ago. I'm not a hairdresser, never been a hairdresser, um, uh, never went to college, barely graduated from high school because apparently they want you to show up. Oh, um, right. That's when that was wasn't in your repertoire. <laughs> no, I was, I was too busy. Not at 15. Busy. No, I was busy. Yeah. And, uh, and yet 38 years in the hair industry with, without being a hairdresser, um, I get to make a lot of money, travel the world, have fun every single day. I, I'm the youngest recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award from the North American Hairdressing Association, and I'm not even a hairdresser. Right, so explain how you're not a hairdresser and you never have been. So then how did you get into the Paul Mitchell world? Like what made you decide, okay, I'm going to work here even though I don't do hair? Well, 38 years ago, I had some money that I wanted to invest in some type of a business. I had friends that were hairdressers. They talked me into opening up a salon. Mm -hmm. It was a three chair salon, small, smaller than my bedroom. Uh, but it, it, it took off and I loved, loved, loved the hair industry. Fortunately, hairdressers fell in love with me. Uh, and, and the cool thing about the beauty industry, and I, I, I'm not sure how it is in other industries, but nobody has ever told me no. I've never had anybody say, you know what, you don't have the resume, you don't have the education, you don't have the knowledge or experience to try to do what you say you're going to do. Nobody ever told me no. And I think that the reason why is because I always just had a lot of passion. You know, people underestimate, well, people rely on their, on their resume too much. And they think my resume sucks and therefore I'm, I'm screwed. No, don't underestimate the power of, of desire and, and passion. Uh, and I have people that are like, oh, when, yeah, I'm passionate. I'm like, really? Tell your face because I can't see it right now. <laughs> I'm not seeing that. <laughs> okay, but how do you go from having one salon to then creating this, you know, school for uh, the Paul Mitchell schools? How did that happen? I, I, I had one salon and then two salons and then three salons. And I found that the people that I was interviewing graduated from the local beauty schools in my area after spending time in school, I felt like they weren't at all ready to compete in the beauty industry. And so I thought that the best way to train them would be to train them myself. And so I opened up my first school, uh, gosh, 36 years ago. And then because I am also a, an author and a speaker, and I've been traveling the, the world for almost 30 years uh, as a speaker, one of the companies that would hire me all the time was the Paul Mitchell product company. Oh, wow. And so I got to know them because of that when the man, John Paul DeJoria, so he's that guy that you see in the TV commercials with the ponytail. When he decided to get into the school business, uh, he approached me about being his partner. And uh, so we became partners in the year 2000, opened up our first school together in 2001. And now we have about 110 schools across the country. 
Wow. That's amazing. And that's because of the purpose and the passion together. I think they, they met and they got married and from there, all of this was able to be created. Purpose, passion, and I'll tell you, our culture, who we have always been, what we will always continue to focus on is uh, the need, the responsibility of giving back and making a difference. See, I don't, I don't believe that any long-term successful company can truly be successful, and we could define success in many ways as not just financial. I don't believe that any business or any individual can be truly successful in life if they do not have a huge focus in philanthropy of giving back, what's called uh, Generation G, and the G stands for generosity. Oh, I think that's great. Yeah, so tell us, I know you're involved in so many charitable causes, and I particularly love the, uh, the one that you're involved in that has to do with the slavery and the trafficking. Can you tell us a little about that? Absolutely. Um, some of the causes that we support were causes that I personally am passionate about, and therefore we found the right charitable organization to partner with. And then some were causes that my team members were passionate about. And so I jump on board and support them in that passion. But we kind of, as much as we can, we want to cover as many bases. So yes, we have uh, Children's Miracle Network hospitals. We've given over a, a million five to them. They have 170 hospitals, 10 million children a year walk into a hospital uh, with potentially life-threatening diseases and they can receive the care they need even if they can't afford it. We build clean water wells around the planet. Uh, we build smart homes for triple and quadruple amputees through the Gary Sinise Foundation. Uh, but, but the organization you're talking about, uh, CAST, is the Coalition to Abolish Slavery and Trafficking. And, and that was a cause, you know, to get involved in fighting sex trafficking, that was a cause. People like, you know, oh, when, don't go there. We don't want to touch that. It's too controversial. And of course, when somebody tells me that, I'm, of course, now I am. And now you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, it, and it is controversial, you know, when you start to educate yourself about that. And everybody thinks that it's a third world problem. And no, it's not. It's right here in your neighborhood, in your backyard. And uh, it's, it's like the second highest grossing uh, revenue business on on the planet right up there with drugs and and illegal arms and it's 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 horrific when you start to educate yourself about that and so we got involved in this organization they're based in los angeles but the reason why we chose them was because of the influence that they have to help change uh laws just i mean this is pretty deep to get into it but up until a while ago uh, an underage girl could get arrested for prostitution as though she had a choice in the matter in, as though in she the was matter. making a conscious decision correct right and so th this is an organization that works hard to change those laws and they've been very successful uh, at it but we've given uh six hundred thousand dollars to uh to, to cast uh but here's the deal is you mentioned that we've raised a uh, uh, $21 million. That's all very grassroots. We're not getting huge donations. That's $10 at a time, which is now added up to 20, $21 million. And, and because my students through our Palmetto schools are very creative, like our, our school in Orlando, get this, to raise money, they came up with this idea to hold a topless car wash. And so they put, oh yeah, information, marketing, topless car wash. So everybody showed up, but what it meant was they didn't wash the top of your car. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> if you wanted the top wash, you had to pay extra for that. I love it. 
Well, they raised $1,500 in a day. So there you go. That's adorable. That's brilliant. That's very creative. (laughs) Very, very creative. Well, I think that's nice what you said, you know, the idea that everyone needs to remember that you you just have to give whatever you can give, whether it's $5, $10, $100. But if everybody remembers that, then there's a difference right there. So that's 95% of the billions of dollars that are raised every single year come from small donors. Wow, I didn't Isn't know that. that. Interesting. I didn't Everybody know. thinks it's all, and, yeah. and, and, and what happens is people think, no, the big corporations will do their job and they'll give all the money so I don't have to do anything. No, that's not true. That's not true. Everyone needs to step up in any way that they can. So I don't want to let you go without talking about Sophia a little bit. Um, one of our curly girlies in our curly girly family, she's just adorable. And I'm, my whole movement now is really evolving into, you know, the legacy behind your hair, because I think that in order to empower children, um, curly hair children specifically properly, they really need to understand that their hair is part of a greater legacy and comes from somewhere. And with that strength and that knowledge, they can then be empowered to love who they are. So where does your daughter's hair come from? Do you know? <laughs> our, our daughter is uh, through, through a surrogate. And so there was an egg donor. And so she's just kind of a mix of a whole bunch of things. Was there any, beautiful. Well, yeah. Was there, is there any knowledge though of, of a, a background to know where? It oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so she's part Japanese and Mexican and Islanderish, And, and so people are always trying to guess and which I think is kind of fun and clever. Uh, you know, where, where'd she come from? Who does she look like? I'm like, good luck on that. One. <laughs> but you know, I, I, you, you said it better than I could say it of, of what the movement is all about with Curly Girly, but for us to, to teach our little girls to embrace everything about themselves, whether it's their, their, their hair type, their, their, their skin color, their, their body image, because uh, we, we know. I mean, I, I was just shocked that at four or five years old, she was already asking questions like, Daddy, do I look fat in this? I'm like, whoa, 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 where is that coming from? You know, because we think that we're so, so, so good as parents to make sure that that stuff is not part of of her curriculum, that she's not exposed, what she watches, what she doesn't watch. But that stuff is going to seep in. It's absolutely going to seep in someplace. And we can't have full control over that. What we do have control over as parents and as influencers and why we should align ourselves with wonderful movements and organizations such as Curly Girly is that be that we are the ones who can teach them how to have that self-esteem self-esteem and empathy those aren't things that are you're naturally born with you learn empathy you 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 learn how to read you learn empathy you learn self-esteem you learn balance you learn independence which back again falls on us as parents you know how can mommy or daddy teach our little girls about balance, self-esteem, self-love, independence, if mommy and daddy don't even know what that looks like or exactly. feels like anyway. Right. They learn through modeling. That's the way they learn the, the most and their biggest lessons is through watching us. So we need, to, we need to always be working on ourselves to better who we are. So I know you're not a hairdresser, Wynn, but give me a curly girl tip because you are in the industry. Uh, make sure that you're seeing a professional. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever do it yourself. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure you're seeing all of the uh, social media about people thinking that they can uh, do their hairdresser's job at home. And there's, 
I tell you, I, I'm telling all my hairdresser friends, good luck. You're going to be so busy fixing oh, all the mistakes it's, that people I have, have made say, over the last several months. I mean, especially if you have a curly girly, do not try to do that on your own. Oh, like, yes. just leave that. It, it'll be fine. It, <laughs> you'll be hardly fine. know it's growing because it takes so long anyway. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, hopefully next time when we go through a pandemic, they uh, make hairdressing salons and barbershops. Uh, part of the essential. essential. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't know if you saw there was a, a, a the mayor of a, of a major city who uh, stood on stage for a press release and she's going through her agenda and, and a reporter raised her hand and said, um, did you have your hair done yesterday? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, oh, no. no, next question. No, no, no. We want this question. Did yeah. you have your hair done? And did right. she? Yeah, probably. And she did. And she, she, did. Knows she wow. tried to pass it off. Well, I'm the face of the city. I'm required no, to. Okay. And, yeah. and, I, and I forced my hairdresser to wear a, a mask. And well, did you wear a mask? It was just, it, was, it did not go well. <laughs> Meaning it is essential. And so I'm, I'm thrilled that, that we have this alignment as well. Yeah. Well, you know, Anderson Cooper, I don't know if you saw that on CNN. He actually came on a few weeks ago. He said, you know, I cut my own hair and he showed everyone he's got a bald spot oh, right, no. right, over, right on the side. Hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Wynn. It's been a pleasure talking with you. And, you know, there's so many things that we can all learn from each other and that we have certainly learned from you and you're inspirational on a lot of levels. So thanks for coming on and sharing with us today. And it's, let's it's a get pleasure. Thank yeah. you, Win. Thank you. Congratulations on what you're doing. It's it, it it's powerful, and I, I hope you hear that a lot. It's powerful the the message that you're sending out because I I know how to influence my employees. I know how to bring the right mentors to empower my employees to to feel good about their jobs and to do a better job. We need movements and mentors and people who are thinking about our little girls. So congratulations. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate it. All right, take care. Bye for now.